0: Welcome to episode number three of JumpCast, the podcast from the award-winning team behind JumpCast Online. My name is Dave, I'm your host for today's episode, and I am lucky enough today to be joined by two debuts on uh, JumpCast. Uh, first up, I've got our Editor-in-Chief, our Supreme Leader, Tom Sheffield. Hello, Tom, how are you Hello. doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank it's, you. It's, it's very exciting to have you on the podcast.
1: Yeah, it's uh, very, very exciting, Uh, a first.
0: (laughs) I bet a lot of people have been wondering what you sound like. Well, not really, because you had the whole Odyssey thing, but but now they
1: know. Unfortunate people saw my face on that one, at least this time. Uh, I've got a face for radio, so it's all right. That's
0: brilliant. Wow, you sound brilliant. And also, we have our Welsh wonder, who is Rhys Bowen-Jones. Hopefully I've said your name right. Hi, Rhys, how are you doing, mate?
2: Hi, Dave, you did say it right. It's absolutely fine, yeah.
0: Our main review today is Joker. But first, let's dive into some uh, other movie news from this past week since we've been gone. Uh, first up, should we talk about the big news that's happened since the last uh, podcast? Uh, Spider-Man is back in the MCU. It's uh, official. He is uh, coming back. Uh, Rhys, are you excited?
2: I am excited. Um, I I think I was one of the few people who was genuinely concerned when the the news broke that he wasn't going to be in the MCU anymore because I was thinking that I think Venom is clearly a viable alternative to the MCU and they were going to try and make (laughs) Spider-Man Venom a thing. Um, But I am really happy that he's back in there and I think I can't wait to see what they do with Spider-Man 3 because Far From Home opened up so many possible uh, um, Venom alleyways for the uh, yeah. series to go. It would
0: have been a travesty if it ended there. Uh, and I was really worried that well, I Kevin mean, Feige was going to do a um, Star Wars film, or we'll be involved in the Star Wars film. And I thought, well, that's yeah. it. No no more Spider-Man. What they said, and when it's... film is okay. meant to be scheduled for the release of July the 16th 2021. Uh, Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal will produce together. Uh, he said, I'm thrilled that Spidey's journey in the MCU will continue. And I and all of us at Marvel Studios are very excited that we keep working on it. Icon, and hero whose story crosses ages and audiences around the globe, he also happens to be the only hero with a superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as soon as Tony continues to develop their own Spider-Verse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. Does that mean Venom's going to come in the, the Marvel Universe? Or does that mean it's going to stay, stay, stay separate? uh what do you reckon
1: tom um i'm i'm sure i read somewhere that they they're calling it sort of a shared universe um they've not really um specified yeah they've not really the it's kind of vague at the minute but they are saying that it's going to be some sort of shared universe
2: cuz i i can't see venom ever being part of the mcu myself I think it's just going to be Spider-Man will be in MCU and also jump over to do some Vendor fighting.
0: I was at a, a talk the other day with Kevin Feige, a podcast, Empire podcast, I should probably say who it was, and he was kind of talking about how he uh, Downey signed on for four and they just kept going back to him, and obviously they had to keep renewing contracts and probably paying him more money, to be honest. But he was quite willing to do it. Oh, Tom Holland might be uh, similar but. I, which films do you reckon he's most likely going to turn up in? You reckon the Eternals, or I think
1: so. I think he needs to turn up in the Doctor Strange sequel. I think with the with the the multiverse aspect, it's kind of a way to get him out of the MCU. It's kind of, it, it, they could do some explanation. I uh,
0: does that mean more? What's the other one that Jared Leto's in the uh, the Dracula uh, Morbius one? Morbius? That's it. Do you think he's going to be in that
1: one as well? Or? Yeah, I think they could they should use his solo film to sort of tie up what happened at the end of Far From Home and and play around with that. But then the Doctor Strange sequel is sort of where he exits the MCU, and you know it'd probably be explained better. That I absolutely. Way. Agree. Can
2: you could you imagine if in one of those yeah, if it one of those like random multiverse hopping moments that might be in the film, you just suddenly see Venom in the background, and for like thirty seconds, and that's it. And you're thinking, oh, my God, that's the multiverse.
0: (laughs) Our other piece of news, which for me and Tom's quite excited, I'm not quite sure about Reese, is quite excited, but Kevin Smith has announced that Clerks Free is actually going to happen. And I'm just going to read what he put on Instagram. We talked about making a movie together. It'd be a movie that concludes a saga. It'd be a movie about how you're never too old to completely change your life. It'll be a movie about how decades spanning friendship finally confronts the future. It'll be a movie that brings us back to the beginning. A return to the cradle of civilization, the great state of New Jersey. It'll be a movie that stars Jeff and Brian O'Connellan, is that right? With me and Jay, with me and Jay in supporting roles. it will be a movie called Clerks Free. I'm not gonna lie, he's said this before, hasn't he? <laughs> but there's actually a picture of him. Hang, hanging out with uh, Jeff Anderson which I think they've made up because they were, had fallen out or something, So
1: Yeah, because that was um, because I'm sure it was um, 2017 that they were um, the they were meant to be filming Clerks 3 and there was some fallout between um, Kevin and Jeff and yeah, he, he left uh, Jeff left
2: the film so obviously Kevin didn't want to Yeah, you can't make
0: out, it a so. be crazy
2: um, what? So why, how is Clerks 3 Different from Jay and Silent oh, Bob?
0: Tom, go for it <laughs> uh,
1: Because Jay and Silent Bob aren't the main characters <laughs> um, But aren't they
2: the same characters from Clerks 1 and 2?
0: They're, they're very they're different it, films what? Have you seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? No, I haven't um, <laughs> <laughs> they, are they are very, very different, different films, films
1: clerks clerk's is one of my all time favorites it's just, really? just something about it yeah it's there's just, there's just something about it that it just clicks and it, it's just one of those films nothing happens but it's it, it's just everything else I'm a big everything I'm, I, I, just I love
0: the second one I'm great. a big fan of that one as well I, yeah
1: i haven't I haven't I, seen the second one in a few I, years I ago. think it's I mean, age it's, 12,
0: really it's a very like i said it's a very different his his clerks and one and one and two are very different to say Jones, Island bob and it's stuff. Uh, dare I say, Clerks is definitely a more of a a proper movie. Don't, don't <laughs> shout out <laughs> me, but uh, compared to some of the other stuff. But this has been talked about for a while now, and I know earlier this year they did a was uh, it charity event for a, like a, a a reading of a, a Clerks script that was meant to happen but didn't. So this is this is big. But Reese, I can't believe you've if you've never seen any of Kevin Smith films.
2: Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Is Dogma one of his? It is. I've seen yeah, Dogma. Dogma's it's... actually very funny. It is. And I feel like I've tried to sit down and watch potentially *Jerk Silent Bob or Clerks 1.
0: Mm-hmm. Clerks 1 is amazing just for what it is as well. Like how it got made and the and the way success and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite remarkable. But I love him as a person. I think as a, as a podcaster and a... A speaker, you can't get
1: better than Kevin Smith. Oh no, his, his his enthusiasm is really infectious. I mean I went to um he he recorded a Babylon podcast in Manchester earlier this year and I, I could just sit and listen to him talk for hours. I mean he it he, he was um he was talking about um the Jane Silent Bob Reboot um and he was talking about clerks three as well about how he didn't think at that point clerks three was actually gonna get made so he, he, he used what he had in Clerks Three, and sort of used bits of that oh, really? in Jane Silent Bob Reboot. So he's actually writing a brand. Yeah, so he's writing oh, cool. he's writing the Clerks three screenplay from scratch. All um, so, again.
0: I think I, I I will be first in queue for uh, Clerks Three. I have to say, I think he'll do what he does normally, yeah. put it on a small release. And he'll go for probably, and then uh, hopefully get to see him live and do some talking. Because I still, yeah, YouTube is stuff all the time. And, I think he'd be a wonderful person to interview because he just talked all the time. Yeah, tra- transcribing that would be awful. Yeah,
1: you'd never be able honest. to show him up.
0: <laughs> and our third and final piece of uh, news this week is that the Death of the Nile Kenneth Branagh film uh, cast was announced. Now, I'm quite surprised that a sequel got made of this, to be honest. I thought it was an okay film. The lo- best thing about it was the cast, I think that seems to be the way they're selling it definitely from the, the release uh, so I should probably name some names. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's a uh, Kate Branagh's back but hopefully with his big tash maybe a different design this time compared to the last one because uh, it was magnificent and I've got a beard myself I'm <laughs> yeah. quite jealous of it there's Army Hammer uh, Gail Godot if I said that right, probably wrong Gail... yeah, uh, Letitia Wright mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Uh Annette Benin, uh Tom Bateman, yep. uh Rose, Rose mm-hmm. Leslie, uh Dawn French, Jennifer Staunders, uh Russell Brand, Emma McKay, uh Ali Pasau and Sophie Alconda. Is that completely mm-hmm. wrong? But I think this time with the cast they've gone a little less uh starry. I think they've actually uh Signed up some up and coming names more compared to relying on Johnny Depp and the uh, uh Judy Dench. What do you think?
1: I was saying earlier, um, it's it is such a, a mixed cast. I mean, you've got French and Saunders, um, which <laughs> fantastic. i you know, you told me this time last year that French and Saunders have been reuniting in a, in a film uh, who, who hasn't
0: done a legit, film in a while. You've
1: got them next to Russell Brand, who, who I can only assume yep. is going to. Yeah, and I can only assume he's going to play like the most eccentric character uh, in the film, and is is you know is he, I reckon he might be a scene stealer.
2: Um, I I don't like him, so I I worry that he's going to really grate on me with his classic like over the top style.
0: Which one do you think the murderer is going to be?
2: Army Hammer. I think Army Hammer. He's going to play like the suave, really really rich <laughs> American guy. it's a, it's a the train. Game. Not on the train in Egypt. They're definitely travelling, um, so <laughs> sorry, confusing films. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but when's this release? October twenty twenty. Yeah. So, and see if all our predictions oh, in were years right. Five,
2: we'll reunite for the uh, uh,
0: podcast. They must be starting <laughs> filming it now. By now, then.
2: To be fair, the
1: um, Murder on the Orient Express trailer was—it was a damn—it was a damn good trailer.
2: It was a good trailer.
1: Uh, that's the only reason I went to see the film. The, tra- the as the trailer sort of you know went down the carriage and showed all the cast, and it was it Imagine Dragons or something. Oh
2: yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the only reason I went to see the film was because of that trailer.
0: Okay, guys. So now it's our time for our main review, which this week is Joker. <laughs> In Gotham City, mentally troubled Arthur flicks, Batman down the spiral of social revolution and bloody crime. This path brings him face to face with his infamous alter ego, the Joker. Now, this film is directed by Todd Phillips, who made the Hangover films and an old school, and most recently War Dogs. It's written by him and Scott Silver. It stars Whacking Phoenix as the Joker or Arthur Fleck, I should probably say. Uh, Rob De Niro, Zazie Beats. Hopefully, I've said her name right as well. Have we mentioned Robert De Niro? Okay, so it stars Wacking <laughs> Phoenix, Rob De Niro, <laughs> Zazie Beats, Francis Conroy, Brett Cullen, uh, and that's pretty much it from names. Mark Maron as well. He's in a, a quick scene. Okay, so I should point out to the people that are going to listen to this podcast that this is going to be a spoiler horrific podcast this film has probably been the most talked about movie this year would you agree on that apart from maybe Endgame and Star Wars i was thinking about it beforehand that i've never seen so many uh pictures from a set from not like film magazines or film websites but from like actual proper newspapers of giving away spoilers and what He looks like and him in his clown outfit and stuff on set. Tom, what did you think of this movie?
1: Uh, honestly, going in, I I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect. The obviously everything being said about it before, and there was there was a script leaked at one point, weren't they as well? Like one of the early scripts. No, I didn't. I avoided it at all costs. But I, I I often saw people sort of. Doing vague tweets about it and things like that, um, so yeah. So I, I I literally only like watched the trailer once and and then left it um, before going in. Um, but yeah, the the film it's did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. I enjoying it's a, a different. I mean, I think I think Reese really nailed it in his in the, <laughs> the last sentence review. Where he said
2: the, In a the, thousand word review. The last sentence yeah, is fine. No, the last <laughs> sentence, I think. <laughs>
1: um where you said it's not a film that you go in that you that you enjoy. It's it's a film you experience kind of thing. Um because I didn't I didn't sit there the whole time thinking, Yeah, yeah, this is great, this is great watching him do all that. But it was I felt as soon as I left the cinema I was like, I need to go watch that again. Just because of the, I, for a lot of it, I was just sat there so uncomfortable with what was unraveling and what was, what was happening that it was, yeah. The second I thought, as soon as I left the cinema, yeah. I was like, I need to sort of experience that again and, and, have and you see seen if, it again. knowing what I know, <laughs> will I still feel the same watching it? I haven't. No, I was I was planning to go yesterday. <laughs> I was planning to go yesterday before the podcast to see if. It, it it was any different, but I haven't
2: had chance.
0: And and race, uh, obviously we should. You you loved it, didn't you? Is this your film of the year?
2: I did completely loved it. Yeah, it's a very very close call between this and Endgame. I know that sounds very film bro-ish of me, um, but I just think, and yeah, well, I don't think. So I, I just think Endgame in terms of a moment of experiencing a film that. Monumental and putting everything together, I thought it was incredible. But in terms of filmmaking and craft and performances and music and script, and I thought we should probably talk all...
0: about Phoenix, I really did. because I think for me he is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll tell you where I sit on the whole liking it or dislike. I'm not. I'm not crazy in love with it. Like probably you are, recent, probably not as uh, not where Tom sits either. I think it's okay. <laughs> I don't think it's anything special. Like, I think he he puts in an incredible performance. I think the the music is brilliant. I think that's does such a good service to the whole film. I was listening to it today, and it's just it's so good. Um. Ah. Oh, at some bits, I was, it, there's bits like the Jaws music when he's starting to unravel. Uh, and I thought, oh, here we go. And just for me, it never really I know This is going to sound mental because the ending is pretty crazy, but it really never really took off. There was bits when I thought, okay, here we go, here we go. Uh, not maybe because I was expecting a different kind of Joker, maybe. Um, but I just didn't, I didn't think the script was brilliant. Uh, I thought you could see where he got his influences from, where Tom Phillips got his influences from, because. I watched the King of Comedy the other day.
1: Yeah, I um, I watched that the night before I went to see it. Yeah, um, it's got his DNA all over it. For the first time, the night before I went to see Joker on um, on Cameron's recommendation. Um, yeah, yeah it's my
0: yeah, it's too. Thanks, Cam. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> and did you watch Taxi Driver as well? Um, uh, I
1: didn't before the film. I've
0: seen it before a couple of times, but I didn't watch it just before the film. Now, and and yeah. did you think that? the violence was necessary? Did you think there was too much violence? Did, were you expecting more violence? Because for the week running up to this was released, all that was on the bloody newspapers and news was that people walking out and people were shocked by it. Uh, and I honestly was watching it and thinking, there's nothing here I haven't seen okay. before. Like the tra- I, I liked the whole train scene. I thought that was a good, a strong scene. Uh, and you could just see that's the, the, the birth of the Joker where he He finally breaks, Uh, but compared to other films, like I was thinking today that, like when in Drive, when that guy gets his head stamped in, or uh, Cell Block 99, these these things are much more graphic. Or Bone Tomahawk, anything like that is a lot more graphic than what we saw in in Joker.
2: But then I think the difference between those three, like Bone Tomahawk especially, I think they're a bit more. I don't want to say cartoonish, but they're a bit more fantastical violence, aren't they? Like they're much more on the extreme end of the spectrum, whereas Joker is just a guy shooting people and a guy stabbing people, which is a bit more grounded, yes, I guess, probably in terms right. of violence. Anyway.
0: Um, do you think that, have oh, got to talk about the uh, whole mental health angle as well, do you think that was uh, handled mm. well, or did you like where, because normally Joker backgrounds, that like, is either, what is was it, uh, Nicholson fell in the uh, the. The chemicals. It's like it's like that in the cartoons as well. Am I wrong or yeah. right? I'm not really a a expert on the uh, history of the the Joker. I'm not quite sure. You... I'm not really either, to be honest.
2: I do believe that the pool of acid thing is quite a famous trope, though. I think that isn't that how Leto did it as well in his oh, sorry? lovely H- H- Ledger his own incarnation.
0: Oh yeah,
2: Jared, uh, Jared Leto.
0: I, I forgot about him. Um, yes, it, I did. think. I think he did. And obviously we don't know how the whole Heath Ledger one <laughs> he never really reveals how he how he got his scars. But are you disappointed there was no scars? <laughs>
2: um I, I don't think you need them because I think that was such a Heath Ledgerish moment, huh. wasn't it? Because he tells two different stories and that's kind of the point of the Joker where you don't know where he comes from, so I don't think we needed to have his cheek slit open for it to really be like, oh that's the Joker finally. I've I've seen him now, I've seen his cheeks slit open. I now know I, that's the yeah, Joker officially. Yeah. You know? But
0: <laughs> do you think that that was necessary, the the whole angle that they were going for that they made this man the Arthur Dent Arthur, Arthur Dent. Isn't Arthur he the guy? Dent.
2: <laughs> he's yeah. He definitely does not know where his towel is. Yeah he's a it's been a, it's been a long week
0: it's only Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that they they put too much bad stuff on one man to break him? If if that's making sense. So like the the abuse that he got when he was young, the whole uh, having mental health problems, uh, getting sacked from his job, his uh, mother dying, stuff like that. Do you not think it just went on for a bit? There's just too many things or do you think that was Totally
1: fine. When I watched the film, I, I didn't I didn't think that at all. But now you've just sat there and sort of, you know, you've you pointed him out and gone, yeah, we learn about his childhood, um, you know, his laughing um, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's it does sound like a lot, but I think the film manages it really well. Um, so I think um, the the reveal about his his mum not being his mom and, and and things like that and his like we learn about his childhood um sort of just adds adds a bit of context to his character and what he's going through at that time um yeah. whether he remembers it or not kind of thing um so yeah i think i think i mean i'm i'm completely inexperienced in this and and i've seen a lot of um conversation on yeah. which is good because it's open up conversations and i've seen a lot of people talking about it, both sides of the argument um and i think it's got a lot of people talking which is good um and personally for me i don't i think it handled it really well um no. but again like i said it's not something i've got a lot of experience in so i'm just speaking on my behalf
0: I felt,
2: I felt that it was, it approached it in a very sort of yeah. surface level analysis of the situation where, especially when it came to him losing his funding for his therapy sessions, um, that was a very kind of like blasé anti-government, um, statement to make. But I do also think that it used that very, very simple idea very well to show how the system has failed those you know suffering with mental health issues. Obviously, The Joker is an extremely extreme example of some someone got falling by the wayside, but I think it did kind of do yeah, what I, it wanted I, to do. I agree with I
0: think some places it, we need to have a it support system in place. Uh, I, think I think it did well, this film, well. It's like any other film, to be honest, it's what you'd get out, take into it, and what you get out of it. So if you're carrying. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know if, you're, if you're struggling with mental health problems. I don't know if this will be a good... If you'll be feel like you're being well-represented. Representat- That's not a real word, Ooh. is it? <sighs> oh, God. What's the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> represented. Thank you. I've been up since five. <laughs> uh, I don't know how well you will feel that you'll be represented. Represented. By this character. <laughs> hey, look. Um... I'm struggling here, this, this happens to me kind of thing. I think that's a bit unfair though. But again, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the angle they're going for.
2: And another, one of the things that I was fascinated by in terms of the discussion afterwards was that there was a big argument relating to whether Arthur was a sympathetic character or not. Um, and I remember I, I watched um, Mark Kermode's review afterwards um, and he said, he made a very, very good point, I thought, that I agree with, where he said that Arthur is not a sympathetic character he's a pitiful character you are meant to pity him and you're meant to see he is in a shit situation and you're meant to just kind of pity of that angle the, him, rather than feeling oh it's I it's get what he's doing life, it he he's he's meant me. to see <laughs> oh yeah you see that he's in an awful situation yeah. and
0: I'm trying to think uh, mm. do you cause he is very good making him idolise him <laughs> is that what you're, you're saying that the film is not trying to put this man on a pedestal he's not trying to make him into a like an anti-hero like maybe this is just trying to prove a prove a point make a point that this this goes on
2: Well, there's also the um I never even considered this as a, uh, a possibility but i read afterwards that with the final scene being in arkham asylum people were very were suggesting that the, the entire film was actually uh, you know, a figment of imagination, where I, him becoming this price uh, figure, I didn't even you know, think of that. Violence you said and riots it. in God's City was actually that. all in his head, which I don't, th- I don't personally agree see, with. But I can definitely see the angle. Yeah,
1: see so this, this is why I want to watch the film again because <laughs> when you get to that point, when you learn that <laughs> the dates he was going on with Zazie and 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 all that, that was all in his head. That's when you sit there and think, what you know. Have what have I just been watching? Has it actually happened? What is did you ha- not tell like, it is coming? any of this actually happening? Kind of thing. And I, I, was oh, I did. That was so superbly done. That when she yes, that reveal was amazing. Simple. No, not at just... all. Yeah. How could you tell? No, not all. No, totally. that is. I mean.
2: <laughs> was it just the fact, mean, fact that she's did, hot and he's? I did
1: find it. <laughs> not. Is it after he does the? Um, he kills the three <laughs> I, guys on the train, and you sort of see him he's walking down the hallway and you can tell like his posture's changed and you know he's he goes to the door and kisses no one else was no interacting with like, her was my giveaway no one
0: was really noticing she I don't know she was always in points where See, yeah either they were alone that. or she was sitting by herself or uh, stuff like that really uh, I was like oh and then I, I I would have preferred if they didn't reveal that at all to be honest if that makes sense, just left it up to you, the viewer, to decide if she was not real or not. I thought that's where they were going to go for it.
2: If I had a yeah, yeah if I had a criticism of that reveal, I would say, I think the way that Zaytsev's yeah. character, I think his name is Sophie, the way she says, thought, "Oh, yes, you're the totally guy down the hall, aren't you?" They could have left it that they didn't have to show us all it the It was um, kind of from the, from his point it, of view.
0: It was a bit too easy. That makes sense. Uh, what is her name? Her name is Sophie. You're right, Sophie Dunland. I yeah, I, I was I, I thought she was all going to be fake, and then but now I was thinking, oh hang on, he he did interact with her daughter at one point, and that was the only piece I was questioning. Did he make her up as well? But she he didn't, obviously. I, I
2: was I was very wrong. And, and I I want to know what you thought that day because you're obviously not as hot on it as I am, but I remember. Watching that with my friends, and I was completely jaw dropped, mouth agape the entire time. Yeah. Just watching this Again, monologue. Again,
0: did you not think that from was coming?
2: Jack Joaquin Phoenix until the final oh, line that he does where he shoots De Niro in the head, was just
0: uh, It was a, a fantastic performance. I think he's. I'm not saying I didn't like the film at all. I, I don't. Mm. What was his final line? The one about the mental health. Do you, anyone have that written down?
2: Oh, he he tells a joke. I know the 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 finishing line is you get what you fucking deserve. But it was, it, was a, it was a line between what do you get if you cross... I, I think that was a bit too on
0: ...and something else. To be honest, he, he probably could have just it was shot exactly. him and we would have gathered what was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's now he's just, he's, he is the Joker. But then the other day, Todd Phillips said that this might not be that Joker. The Joker might be based on this man or something or other. And I'm just, I'm really confused now. So, did I watch a Joker origin film, or did I just watch a normal film? Do you think, do you think they're going to link this to the Robert Pattinson, or do you think this is going to? Okay, next question. <laughs> this is now made. This is now made lo- shitloads of money, right? And it's probably going to make five hundred plus million. So they're going to want possibly a sequel. I need to get Todd. Where is he? Right. Um, no, yeah.
1: It's it 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 got brought up in the in the group chat the other day that you know todd had said it said that it could be anyone but i'm sure a few months before the film came out um there was, there was a conversation surrounding it um saying that because of everything that happens that you know he could have inspired the actual joker
2: i've kind of operated on the idea that these this kind of joker film was part of was it part of DC Dark or something where they had like a separate offshoot universe? Yeah. Um, and I also think that based on the Birds of Prey trailer, for example, that Harley Quinn is, as Mongo Robbie plays it, is far too cheery and happy for Joker to
0: Especially this joke. kind of
2: fall in love with. Yeah, oh. exactly. So they'll probably go another whole different run. But then that's also, so we're going from mental health to going on to abuse. And I'm not sure if that's the route that Todd Phillips would want to take a film. But I don't know. I also I can't see Wacky Phoenix coming back for a sequel. I think he put so much into this one film and then he's gonna be like, Yeah, Joker's is done, I'll move on to the next project. Yeah,
1: you see um I did half expect there to be a Harley Quinn
2: uh, well a Harley and Quinzel sort of cameo at the
1: end. You know where he's talking to the therapist at the end. I did half expect it to pan around and it would be, you know, a, a youngish a youngish, blonde doctor kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if... The, I, I really don't think this film needs a sequel. I think it's on its own. It's, I think they should just leave it alone. Because, you know, the DC at the minute, they've got a, a habit of ruining a good thing. Um,
0: <laughs> to put it lightly. I think getting an actor like Phoenix was an absolute masterstroke, to be honest. There's very few actors that like, give you that performance, and give you basically he when he you hire him for a movie, you seem to get him mind, body, and soul. There's no half in about. He will transform himself completely into the role. And uh, th- honestly, this one's quite scary. How, how well, how deep he goes. It's it's a, a true transformation uh, of a character and from a to b as well from like from the start of the film when you think he's a little bit yeah he's got his problems but he'll make it uh to the end when you think oh no he is completely off his fucking mind
1: his his body transformation as well i think that added so much to some of the scenes um like there's a bit where um is it when he first gets the gun and he's just sort of laying back on the surf with his arms up and you can just see his you can just see his ribs and it's just that added so much to 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 the character to the scene it was it was really yeah at the minute we've we've been sort of um spoiled for choice with with comic films um uh but I think this was a much needed film i think just to sort of show that it doesn't all have to be c g i fest and and you know have um Everyone in one film, kind of thing. This was just sort of like a character study of, of this one villain we've known in pop culture for years. Um, and I know I, I think I can remember when it was first announced that there was a Joker film happening. Um, you know the, the the possibilities people came out with, like the the theories and things. Um, I mean, they could have gone in multiple directions with that film, but I think they they you know, they they were onto a winner here and there's, the, the, I think the question is then whether they, because there's such a back catalogue of, of characters in, in, in DC Comics that they could sort of do grounded films like that with because um, I'm sure they'll probably, they've already got ideas floating around for you know, sort of Scarecrow and, and things like that, some some characters that might not have because I mean Joker's we've seen we've seen you know a handful of people play the jokers in live action and and he's such a well-known uh, villain um so whether they then go forward and try and do a similar sort of film with maybe a lesser known um villain or man better something well I mean come on Sonya doing Morbius
0: Right, I'm going to read out some uh, reviews from our some of our followers on Twitter. Okay, I'm going to try and so Ben Payton reviews, loved it, loved it, bleak, vicious and bruising. It might be a slow burner, but the punchline is well worth waiting for. Something, something scary. His name is so long, it's not even far. Oh, it's, Hall- it's Halloween. Yeah, okay, it's it's movie guy 1982. Okay. I feel with no affection for the character or lord it is piggyback, piggybacking off. Painted in broad strokes are about as subtle as a sledgehammer to the face.
2: Race. what do you think? Um I did read that earlier actually, and I don't I don't think subtlety has a place in a Joker film. I don't think the character is someone who needs any kind of subtlety or restraint or nuance in terms of who he is, because he's so anarchy anarchistic is that a word um, he's just well, so, you're doing better than me yeah he's so chaotic and he's just so needlessly randomly violent that I don't think subtlety really comes into play but I do get the point I do get his point that it was all very surface level I do understand that completely
0: yes I think it was a bit all a bit surface level yeah. as till well. the nose okay I've got another one from Kara. loved Whacking's performance more than anything also loved the ambiguity of the ending since it plays so well with the character that I didn't always know where it ended up. Felt mm-hmm. so, like some of the music cues were a little unnecessary and over the top in certain parts, however. I don't know if I agree with that. I thought the music was the best part. But saying that, she is talking about the, the needle drop on the stairs. Yeah. Let's and not I, go into 100%, that. 100%. Yeah, I, they could have picked any other song in the world. Uh, okay, one from Ian Young. Again, very much resonates to me as a horror film in the mold of Psycho. Phoenix's performance was nothing short of genius. So most of the comments we got were pretty much about Phoenix and how good he was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I agree. Uh, I, I think that's what takes this level, for me, from a normal film to a, a good film.
2: I was completely swept up in it all. I just found the entire thing so engrossing and captivating from the very, very first frame that I was completely on board with it from literally the second one. So, yeah, definitely my favourite film of the year so far.
0: Okay. Well I would I would not go that high too. <laughs> I would I would probably go about three and a half to be honest.
2: Still a seven um, out of 10.
0: I had... At what what? out five. Uh, <laughs> three out three and a half. So maybe average would all give it about a four.
2: Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear.
0: I would I would recommend people watch this film, but I don't think I'll go back to it
2: for a while I see. I think yeah. I'm planning on seeing it at least twice more
0: really wow I don't think it's going to get any better
2: well I'm I'm curious that I think like Tom said earlier I'm curious to go back to it now that I know with about the Sophie situation and all that I'm curious to see if there are more obvious signs earlier in the film before we get to the moment okay. for example.
0: yeah okay so as as we're talking about uh Whacking Phoenix uh are there any other performances or that really stand out from his career that you guys think make because he is a fantastic yeah. actor what, what are your favorite uh, performances? You can pick more than one if you want. Uh, who wants to start? Do you reckon we're all going to say the same one
2: um, I don't think so Cause, okay. well, i'm going to say because i'm in my notes when I was planning for this I, I wrote down two films that I wanted to talk about. Because I've got a favourite film and a favourite performance. And okay, good. my favourite sure, performance bye. is um, You Were Never Really Here. I think that is, it's, a, it's very Joker-esque in the sense that it's a guy that does lots of violent things, but it's such a different role because he's such a different kind of character and he's, he looks so different in the film that he really, really dominates the screen completely. And also, that film is also brilliant anyway. Um, but my favourite film of his is definitely Signs. I know that's fueled by. Oh wow! Yeah, I know it's fueled by nostalgia, um, but I I remember watching Signs in the cinema with my mum and my brother as a kid, and I remember. Bless you. Yeah, oh, I remember a being completely terrified by it, and b couldn't wait to see it again. I thought it is fantastic, and it is for me. It's it's um, Shyamalan's best film. Gonna put that out there. So.
0: I've, no, I, I think I agree with you on that one. I, I, I loved it. When you first see the aliens step away from the bush. Oh, oh. I watched, what a I moment. I
2: watched that on YouTube today, and it's still excellent. <laughs> it is still great. There's there's even, I forgot as well, in that scene when, um it's like, because it's, it's a news broadcast, isn't it? And he's trying to yes. see what's going down the alleyway. There's kids in the camera, and then Rocky Phoenix literally goes, move, children, vamonos. I forgot how funny that film is. <laughs> Oh, it's great!
0: You think you forget sometimes he can be so funny. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, I I'm both great shouts there. To be honest, I thought you were gonna one of you, you gonna say Gladiator, but neither of you. That's the first. That's the first thing I remember seeing him in, yeah. and uh, catching my attention. Uh, Tom, what what are your favourites?
1: Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to echo Reese there with you were never really here. Um, that. That was one of my favorite films of, of twenty seventeen. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm am staring at his IMDb now, and there is so much that I have not seen of him. Um, to say I'm a, a massive fan of his.
0: Which um, ones? Which, which ones haven't you seen? And we're trying. Oh, it'd be yeah, easy
1: to tell you which ones I have. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, for example, I haven't seen her. Now I know. Oh! No, there's a. I know that that film. Would absolutely break me if I watched it. It's, it's. I've, I know what it's about. I've seen gifs. I've seen pictures. I just can't bring myself to watch it. It's going to absolutely break me, and I, I will do it one day. But I just, I can't. I need. I, I don't think I'm ready for it yet.
2: It's very good. I will see why It's
0: a very incredible. good film. Spike Jones. Yeah. am about saying Spike Lee? But it's not Spike, like Spike
1: Jones. Jones. Um, and um, he was good in Walk the Line as well. I, uh, i love that.
0: that. That was going to be my pick. I think I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. I think him as Johnny Cash is just absolutely perfect. And I think he actually did the singing for it as well, which is even more amazing. I think he, again, what that's what Wacky Phoenix does. He just he becomes that character that he plays. And I think him as Johnny Cash is just, I think that's his best role. People will probably disagree with me. I'd like to say he's, he's done many many good roles. Um, I enjoyed him. Did you see last year, the sisters brothers? No. I, I enjoyed it. I think it shows off, uh, his funny side a little bit. It's a, quite dark, but it's still very funny. It's quite a good looking
1: cast that as well. Isn't it? Is, is, is it Riz Ahmed and is Jay Gyllenhaal in that?
0: Jay Gyllenhaal and John C. Riley. Yeah, it's not, not that much. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it, I think it got a very small release. Um, Last year, and I missed
0: it. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely worth hunting out. I would say I, I saw it at the the London Film Festival, but brilliant. But yeah, Walk the Line, I would say, is definitely fun. And I think I know I've said it earlier, but Gladiator, him as what was his name, Commodus. Commodus. Yeah, Commodus. Yeah, that's probably my best one I've said all night. Uh, <laughs> what an impact he makes. He is truly terrifying. And sinister, and really creepy. Okay, I believe that is now us done for this episode. Uh, thanks to my brilliant guests, uh, Rhys. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, and have you got anything to plug?
2: Um, I've got nothing to plug apart from, I guess, my Joker review, which I'm I am actually quite proud of that. So if you want to hear more of my thoughts, you can go see it that on the Jump Cut Online website. Um, but my Twitter handle is. Uh, good luck spelling it. It's Rabbja. So uh, I'm sure uh, if you just find the tweet on our Jumpcast uh, Twitter, you'll probably find it there. A bit easier to just click it rather than try and spell it out.
0: Lovely. <laughs> uh, it's definitely worth a read. Uh, like most of our, all of our reviews, absolutely. to be honest. Uh, absolutely. Uh, also, thanks to our editor in chief, or uh, our supreme leader, the one we all follow. Uh, thank you, Tom.
1: No, thank you. It's, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a good pos- podcast first experience. This, um, yeah, it's been
0: positive. Yeah, uh, what's your uh, pod uh, Twitter handle, and have you got anything to plug?
1: Um, so mine is CyberChef. Um, and the only thing I've got to plug really is JumpCut. Um, yeah, we've oh, we've I have got, <laughs> I ain't got a SoundCloud, so I can't, I can't draw that. um, but yeah I mean not
0: not dropping a new album anytime soon or anything
1: not not in the pipeline at the minute now that's 2020's project
0: (laughs) yeah that's where we're going in the future could you imagine Uh, well thank you both Uh, also from me my Twitter handle is at hello Dave Curtis which is meant to be a, a play on the hello Dave from 2001, but no one's picked up on it yet. That's, I that's fine. I did
1: not know that. I thought I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a League of Gentlemen reference. <laughs> oh,
0: that's all I got when I was young. Hello, Dave. <laughs> You're my out, Dave. It was either that or, yeah, I can't do that to you, two. um But yeah, I've got a few uh, reviews dropping this week or next week, over the next few weeks, to be honest. I've got uh, Gemini Man, le- look out for that that's, uh, I think it's been released the film on the 10th so by the time it's come out the film should have come out and you would have all realised it is rubbish <laughs> uh, <laughs> also <laughs> spy- <laughs> it's, it's an interesting watch, it's not completely awful it's a bit harsh but it's <laughs> definitely not one of my favourites of the year also st- uh, drop in a lot of London Film Festival from me and uh, some of the other Jump Cup crew from Sarah and Daryl and Holly. Uh, uh, and it's gonna, yeah, just keep on following us on Jump Cast and on Jump Cup. Uh, and next week, or next episode, it's not next week, next episode, it's a very special episode because it's our first one from our American hosts from Audrey, Jeff, and Jess. And they are gonna bring reviews of JoJo Rabbit. And The Lighthouse. I'm so, so our episode. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, yeah. So it's a goodbye from me. Adios. Uh, a goodbye from Reese. Goodbye. Brilliant. <laughs> a goodbye from Tom. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from Tom. Goodbye. Uh, until next time, dear friends. And hopefully we'll be back. Carry on listening. Carry on watching films and having all the fun. Bye-bye.